Everybody doing? Good. We lost an hour of sleep. Are we really okay? We're good? Glad to be at church? Okay, cool. Um, so my name is Blaze, and I'm the high school youth pastor. Hey, what up? That was not planned, but the point, I think. Nice. Love you guys, too. Hey. Um, but so as, as I was um, preparing this week, um, I felt a, a nudge from the Holy Spirit um, to, to encourage you. Um, as I have, I, I mean, I've been a part of Brookside for, for a long time. And, and now as a pastor, as I, as I walk the halls and I get to see people engaging with one another and I get to see people serving, um, whether it's with kids or on the host team um, or whether it's with tech team or the worship or whatever, um, I, I, I have noticed that there is a genuine love that happens here. Like, like people are actually genuinely loving people. And what's really, really cool about that, and, and I just want to encourage you with this, um, as to keep doing this, but, but what's really cool about that is, is that in, in John chapter 13, Jesus says himself that people will know, people will know that we are his disciples if we love one another. Meaning like, we don't even have to go and like, well we should, but we don't even have to go and, and spread the gospel. Like people, are, people can look at us and see us and the way that we treat each other and see Jesus. And they can see that he is getting all of the glory with our, with our um, relationships and our connections. And, and people can come to know Jesus by just how we love one another. So I want to I encourage you to keep being a church that loves and encourages and prays for. Um, so just I want to encourage you with that. Um, so we have been in this uh, James series called Faith Works. And I don't know about you. Um, but this series has really, really, really been challenging me. It's really been challenging my spiritual walk with Jesus. And the reason is, is because James is calling us to something greater. He's calling us just beyond the words that we use with our mouths. He's saying that, that if, you, if you claim to love Jesus, like if, like if you have really surrendered everything that you have for him, then it's not just going to come out in words, but it's also going to come out in the way that we live. It's going to come out in our, in our actions. Everything that we do is going to be to the glory and honor and praise of his name. And we have seen um, in this series that, that we're able to have joy in our trials and in our temptations. That we are able to show impartiality. We're able to look at, at people and not see the outer, but see the inner and, and see the soul. And, and last week we looked at, at taming the tongue. And that it is a powerful weapon that can be used for good, but it can also be used for evil. But, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, when we have accepted Jesus as our Savior... Through the outpouring of Him, there's an overflow of our heart that allows us to do those things. To do those things for, for His glory. Everything that we, should, everything that we do should be for, for His glory. And for His glory alone. And James is going to continue to press this issue of, of, of living out your faith. Of what Jesus has done inside of you produces action. And he's going to do that by describing two, two ways of, of living. But before we get into that, I just I want to pray and I want to ask God to, to be here and to speak to us 
Um, so so let's, uh, let's go to him in prayer. God, I pray right now that we would just all understand who we are talking to. That we are, we are approaching um, the king, the God of the universe. Right now, we get to talk to you. God, I thank you for allowing us to, to speak to you. God, I pray that, that our hearts would just be so open to what you have for us this morning. God, as we, we continue to look into James, God, would you, would you help our eyes and our hearts to see where we have pride in our lives? God, would we set our pride aside, set our distractions aside, but, and, and would we come to you with just open arms? God, I'm ready to receive whatever you have for me, whatever you have for me. And so, God, I, I love you, and I pray that this time would just be all for your glory, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but as I look at the world, I, I think that the world desperately, desperately, desperately needs more wisdom. I have heard it said that, that we are in an information overload, like we are receiving so much information, whether it's social media, whether it's TV, whether it's driving and you see a billboard, whatever, wherever, you're, wherever you're receiving information, we are receiving so much of it. We are in an information overload in a wisdom shortage culture. Like we, we have all of this knowledge in our heads. We, ha- we have all of this knowledge in our heads, but, but honestly... We don't sometimes even know what to do with it. If you were to um, Google wisdom, the word wisdom, um, there are 383 million results for wisdom. And Google like gathered all of that up in like 0.3 seconds. So wisdom is something that people want. Wisdom is something that people desire. And wisdom is something that a lot of people think that they have, but yet they fail to understand what it actually is. And this wisdom that we need, this wisdom that James is going to talk about, is not an earthly wisdom. We should not only be seeking earthly wisdom, wisdom that comes from other people. We don't need more wisdom from Fox News. We don't need more wisdom from CNN. We don't need more wisdom from Oprah or Dr. Phil, and definitely not social media. We live in a time where, like, everybody is able to give their wisdom. And we should not be looking for it from the people around us. That should not be our only source of wisdom. But what we're going to see today is that wisdom comes from above. It comes from heaven. It comes from God. True wisdom only, only comes from heaven. And the reality is, whether you think that you have like reached your, your wisdom meter, like you have all of the wisdom you could ever have, the reality is, is that we, we need more wisdom. I need more wisdom. You need more wisdom. Proverbs 3, 7, it says, never let yourself think you are wiser than you really are. Simply obey the Lord and refuse to do wrong. We can all grow in this area of wisdom. From the youngest to the oldest, there is always more wisdom to be had. 
And so we are going to dig into James 3, and we are going to see what James has to say about wisdom. So if you would, open up your Bibles, or you can look up on the screen, um, James 3, and we're going to read verses 13 through 17. And what I'm going to do this morning is, is I'm just going to read the five verses right now, and then we're going to go back through, and, and we're, going to, we're going to pick it apart. So James 3, verse 13, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Verse 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then loving, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So right off the bat, James asks a question. And he would have been, he would have been writing this to Jewish believers. So his audience would have been people who have accepted Jesus as their Savior, who have, de- who have declared Jesus as the Lord of their life. And he is asking them a question. Who among you think that you're wise? And now I know for myself, my hand would go right up. Like, I I think that I'm wise. I I think I know what's right, and I think I I know what's wrong. But what what James is is going to do, and what he does in 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 the second half of verse 13, is he says, okay, you with your hands raised up, if you... If you really think that you're wise, then it's not going to just be by the words that you say, but it's actually true wisdom is, is the life that you live. It's, it's the actions that follow how God is transforming your heart. Listen, you, you can know. You can know all of the right answers. You can know what is true according to the word. You, you can know the right answers. You can have memorized all of the verses that you would want. But if you, are, if you are not allowing that knowledge, those verses to take root in your life, to take root in your heart, then James is saying, you are not wise. Wisdom is, is action. It's taking that knowledge and creating action. And so I want to ask you a question and it was very convicting to me this week as I even asked myself this question. But are you walking in the things that God has said? Are you living in the things that God has commanded? Like, are you allowing His commands to take root in your heart? And because out of your love and adoration for Him, you want nothing more than to, to obey Him. When he says to love your enemies, are you doing that? And, and it doesn't mean just tolerate them, but actually like genuinely love them. Like go out of your way to, to love them. Are you doing that? When he says to forgive 70 times 7, are you doing that? Because he did it for me. Are, 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 you, are you forgiving people that have wronged you? Even if you think that they don't, for, they don't deserve your forgiveness, are you forgiving them because that's what God has said? When he says to flee sexual immorality, are you doing that? Are you, 
Are you hoping that you just like don't come across it? Or, or are you actually like fleeing? Are you, are you turning the other way and running from it? Are you allowing God to change your heart through what he has said in his word? Because James is saying that, that those who are wise are going to, to be obedient to what God has said, to the things that he has said in the Bible. And I, and I just want to be honest with you, and I had to be honest with myself. It is, it is nonsensical. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do me any good. To come to church and to sit and to listen and to soak up the word of God but not allow it to produce fruit in your life. It doesn't make sense for you to go home and, and, and to get into the word and to read it but, but actually not allow it to take root in your heart where it's actually becoming an action. Where you're actually being obedient to what God has said. It doesn't make sense to to sing the words in worship, but not actually allow them to affect your heart. James is saying that if we want to be wise, if if we want true wisdom, it's going to be lived out in action. It's going to be lived out in action. So what James is going to do in in the rest of our passage is he's going to describe two different kinds of wisdom. He's going to describe earthly wisdom, and then he's going to describe heavenly wisdom. So if you want to turn uh, to verses 14 through 16, I'm going to go ahead and read those again. So if you want to follow along, that would be great. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, notice the quotation marks. Such wisdom, it's not true wisdom. It does not come from heaven, but it is earthly. It's unspiritual. It's demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. First thing you need to know about earthly wisdom is that earthly wisdom is living for yourself. Earthly wisdom is living for your own gain. James is saying is, is, is that if, if your motives, the reasons that you are doing things, whether they're good or not, is, is to bring yourself glory, then that is earthly wisdom. If you were to look at your life and you see everyone else is revolving around you and what your needs are and what your, want, what your wants are, you are living with earthly wisdom. Because what happens, church, listen, what happens when we seek our own glory, even if it's in the good things, even if it's serving your wife or your husband, if, if, if you are seeking your own glory, all of that glory gum, comes onto you and it goes off of him. And I know as, as a believer in Jesus Christ, everything, everything, even down to the smallest of things, I want everything that I do to glorify him. Because there is nothing good in me that has not come from him. Everything that is good inside of me is because Jesus is living inside of me. Are you saying with your life, how can I get the most glory? Think about the different areas of your life. Are you seeking your own gain? Are you thinking about how you can boost your name? 
or how this can benefit you rather than benefit God. So yesterday, um, I, I came here on Saturday to, to practice my, my sermon. And, and um, I think it's good. It's a good thing to practice. It's a good thing to steward what God has, has given me to share. But as I was, as I was practicing, um, about 17 minutes in, I felt just kind of bleh. Like it, like it just wasn't, it wasn't good. Like I was not feeling the Holy Spirit. Like, like it just wasn't feeling good. So I stopped. Like I stopped. And I prayed to God. I'm like, God, what's, what's going on? And I felt a serious conviction of Blaze. Like you just need to trust me. Like I know you want to practice it. And I know you want to sound really good before Brooksiders and before the church. Like I know that's, that's what you want. But when that happens... You are seeking your own glory. You're wanting to make your name great. But because I'm stubborn and um, because I really felt like I needed to practice, I disobeyed. Like I, I was like, God, I, I want to steward this. Like, you don't understand. Like I'm telling God he doesn't understand. <laughs> but like, you don't understand like what I'm feeling here. And so I, I did it and it went okay. But then afterwards I realized like, I'm doing exactly what I'm, what I'm preaching on. Like in my practice, I, I am doing it. My motivation behind the practice is so that I can sound good. So that I can make my name great rather than just allowing and trusting him to speak through me because I know he will. I know it. He's done it before. I was seeking my own glory. Was my motivation or was the idea wrong? No, like it's good to practice. But my, vo- my motivation was completely wrong. This, this bitter envy and this selfish ambition where you are, when you are doing things to, to seek your own glory, James calls, calls them, he, sa- he says that, that they are earthly, that they are unspiritual, and that they are demonic. And that is some very, very, very strong language that James is using. And I think he's using it on purpose because he wants us to understand how serious it is when we take the glory off of God and we, and we, we put it on ourselves. And so am I saying that if you, you live with selfish ambition, where you are seeking your own glory, you are demonic? No. But God is. God is saying that. He, he is saying, and he doesn't mean like demon possession, but, but, but he is saying that you are, you are acting the way that the demons act. If, if you are seeking your own glory in the things that you are doing, you are no different than the demons. That's what they are doing. They are seeking their own glory. Satan himself, Satan himself fell from heaven because he was wanting to be like God. He was wanting to make his name great. He was wanting to seek his own glory in everything that he does every single thing that he does is to take the glory from God and to put it on himself. I heard a pastor say that that demonic wisdom is when you are driven in your decisions by how this can boost you rather than boost God and his mission. Demonic wisdom is when you are are seeking your own glory rather than than, than seeking the glory of God Almighty who deserves every ounce of it. 
every ounce of it. And so what does this wisdom lead to? This sort of earthly wisdom that is selfish. Look with me at verse 16. It says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. What will this earthly wisdom lead to where you're seeking your own glory? It will lead to disorder. It will lead to chaos. It will lead to every evil practice. It will lead to sin where you are falling into sin because you are, you are taking the glory. You are doing everything for your own name rather than his name. I mean, think, think about if, if I were to, to act this way in my marriage. If I, if I were to, to treat my wife as if her wants and her desires are not first, but my wants and my desires are first. Where, where I am living in my marriage just for my own gain. Where I am doing everything to boost my name and not hers and definitely not God's. There is going to be chaos. There's, there's going to be arguments. She is not going to be, be loved the way that she, she should be loved. There are going to be hurtful things said because I have been focusing on myself rather than focusing on her and focusing on on God. This earthly wisdom, it, it only leads to disorder and it leads to sin. It leads to chaos. So, so think about your life. Are there any areas where you're just like, man, this, this part of my life is just so out of whack. Like, like there is no order here. Maybe you need to think about, is this an area where I'm living for myself? Is this an area where I'm seeking my own glory and not God's glory? Earthly wisdom is living for yourself. And I will, I, will, I will tell you that the most freedom that I have ever found in my marriage, or really in any relationship, is when I am putting my own glory down for God's glory. And because I'm living for God's glory, my wife feels loved. So ask yourself, is there an area of disorder in my life? But James, does, he doesn't stop there. He gives us some hope. And, and he, he describes what, what earthly wisdom is. Verse 17, it says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Heavenly wisdom is living for God. It's not living for yourself. It's putting yourself on the back burner and it's putting God in first priority. Heavenly wisdom is living for God in everything that you do from the smallest to the greatest. It is living for God. And the first thing that James says about this heavenly wisdom is that it comes from heaven. It, it, it comes from above. So often in our lives, we are so concerned about horizontal wisdom, what everyone is saying or what they are doing. Now, don't get me wrong. It is good to listen to people who are wise. But believe me, their wisdom that they have has come from above. It has come from above. We, we need to stop looking for horizontal wisdom but rather we need to be looking to heaven. We, we, we need to be looking for heavenly wisdom. What, what does God say? What did Jesus live like? What did he do while he was here on earth? 
So what, what does this heavenly wisdom look like? We know, it, we know it comes from heaven. And a lot of times I think wisdom is one of those words where it's like, I don't really know, like I've heard that word, but I don't, honestly, I, I couldn't give you a definition of wisdom. Well, here it is. James is giving us a clear definition of wisdom. First of all, it is pure. It is pure. And, and this is not talking in, in, a, um, in a sexuality sense where, where you are living sexually pure, but, but this is talking about in a motivational sense. Like, what, what is your motivation behind doing the good things that you're doing for your wife? Is it to boost your own name? What, what, is, what is the motivation behind you serving here at church? Is it to boost your own name or is it to boost the glory of God? Heavenly wisdom is pure in motive. It, it is saying, okay, God, I, I'm not doing this for myself. I don't, I don't want any of the glory. I, I want you to have all of it. The, the reason that I love my wife and the things that I do for her, the reason that I love my friends and want to do things for them is... is is because I want to give you the glory. I want to be a reflection of you in everything that I do. The second thing that, that heavenly wisdom is, is that it's peace-loving. And I love how James writes. He's such a creative writer. And he, he is drawing a complete contrast. He's drawing a complete contrast to what he said about earthly wisdom where earthly wisdom leads to disorder and it leads to chaos. Heavenly wisdom leads to peace. It, it, is, it is someone who is seeking peace in relationships. It is someone who is not trying to cause up or stir up drama to make yourself look better. It is, it is I, I, wanna, I want a healthy relationship with you. I, I want to be at peace with you. I want to I get along with you and pursue, pursue a good friendship, a good relationship. Because I want all of the glory to go to God. Second thing, or third thing is, is that it's considerate. Someone who has heavenly wisdom is considerate. And, and I love this word as the more I dug into the passage. This, this word considerate is used when describing God as king. And now when I think of God as king, uh, the first word that I don't think of is considerate. Right? I think of as like all-powerful, all-knowing. But, but, but God as king, he, he is a considerate God, meaning that he is gentle and he is kind. When he has every right to rule and to dictate, he decides not to, and he decides to be gentle and kind. Especially to those who have turned their backs on him, who sin against him all the time, like myself. He is, he is gentle and he is kind towards me and you. And so in your relationships, whether someone has hurt you or whether they haven't, how can you pursue heavenly wisdom by being gentle and by being kind to people? The next thing is, is that heavenly wisdom is submissive. And really what, what being submissive means is that you are willing to yield. And now as a man, I love to fix things. Like I, like, I want to fix, like, if my wife comes to me with, with a problem or if a student comes to me with a problem, like, I just, I want to fix it. Like, I want to tell them, okay, this is what's wrong and this is what you need to do. When really, having heavenly wisdom knows when to yield. When, when I just need to listen to my wife and, and, 
and, and not try to fix it and just try to understand how she's feeling. Being submissive is, is knowing when not to act. When, when you feel like you, you have an urge, man, I need to do something about that. Being, being submissive knows when not to act, especially if that action that you are going to do is to make yourself look better. Heavenly wisdom is knowing when to yield. And the beautiful thing about this is that Jesus was submissive. Jesus himself, God in the flesh, was submissive to the, to the heavenly Father. He, he set aside all of his glory. And, and he submitted to the will of the Father saying, not my will be done, but yours which led him to a a painful death on the cross. Jesus himself was submissive. Someone who has heavenly wisdom is also full of mercy and and of good fruit. And this this is referring to someone that is ready to have mercy on those who need help. Like, like we are quick to help those in need, whether, whether it is financially, whether it is materially, whether it is spiritually, or whether it is emotionally. We are people that are available to people who need help. And whether, whether or not, if God is saying, hey, you, you, you should give something to someone because they need it, whether, whether it, it causes a wrench in your finances, we just need to step forward in faith and say, okay. Okay, we, we need to be a people that, that are seeing people who are in need and then are, are being a helping hand, all for the glory of Jesus. Heavenly wisdom is also someone who is impartial. And Jeff talked about that a few weeks ago. And James brings it to light again because I think it's so important that, that when we see someone, we don't judge them based on the clothes that they're wearing. We don't judge them based on race. We don't, base them, we don't judge them based on gender. But yet we, we are loving them based on the fact that they were created in the image of God. That when we look at someone, we don't see physical, but we see a soul that is desperately loved by God. And because of that, we are going to desperately love people. Lastly, this person is also sincere. This person is not hypocritical. Like when we say that we're going to do something, we follow through with it. Our yeses are yeses and our noes are noes. Like like when you and I declare with our mouths that we love Jesus, then we show it by how we act. When we say that we love God's word, then we show it by, by being obedient. We are people who are sincere. Again, not seeking our own motivation, our own glory, but seeking God's glory. And you know what's beautiful about this is that these these are the signs of heavenly wisdom and every single one of them was represented perfectly in the person of Jesus. Jesus is wisdom in the flesh. If you want to know what heavenly wisdom looks like in action, go read the Gospels because Jesus is perfectly wise. He, listen, he set aside his own glory. He could have wanted all of the glory. He could have had all of the glory. But he set aside his own glory 
for the glory of God so that you and I could have eternal glory. If Jesus was after his own glory, if he was after himself, if he, if he gave into the fleshly side of him, he would not have gone to the cross for you and me. But he did. He did. Because he was submitting. He wanted God to have all of the glory. And he wanted you and me to be in right relationship with him so that we could spend eternity with him. And I am so thankful. I am so thankful that he had heavenly wisdom. I am so thankful that he set aside his own glory for the glory of the heavenly father. And so how, how, do, we, how do we obtain this wisdom. It's, it's really, really simple. If you, if you have your Bibles, go to, go to James 1, verse 5. Verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. The only thing that you need to do to to stop living for yourself and to start living for God in every area of your life is to just ask him, God, I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired of seeking my own glory. I'm only seeing disorder and chaos. I want to give you glory in everything that I do. And, And God is so gracious to just give it to us. Like we, we don't have to earn it by good deeds. We don't have to do anything other than just ask for it. And if we believe, and I believe, that every one of his promises are true, they are yes and they are amen, every single one of them. And so I believe that if I ask God for more wisdom, he is going to graciously, lovingly give it to me. Because in return, he gets all the glory. And so what I want to do, I want to do, what I want to do right now is, is to just to give you some time to go before God and to repent of the areas of your life where, where you, you have been revealed this morning or where you, where you have known about, you've been living for yourself. To repent of those, but then, but then to also to ask God, God, I want to I wanna have heavenly wisdom. I want to set aside myself and I want, to, I want to make your name as beautiful and as great as I can. And so we're going to give you like three minutes to go ahead and do that. Repent and then ask for God's wisdom and then we'll sing together.